Good afternoon, everybody. It's Simon Taylor, Associate Director from Rupert Ellison Public Affairs in Brussels, and welcome to the latest instalment of our From Brussels to Berlin podcast. Today, we have a, a, a very timely discussion. We're going to talk about the results of two important elections in two gen German federal states, Baden-Württemberg and Rhineland-Palatinate. And we have a very special guest uh, today. Uh, um, and, but I will allow my colleague, I will invite my colleague, Rudiger Lenz, a senior advisor at Ruth Pedersen, to introduce our special guest. Rudiger, over to you. Thank you, Simon. And I couldn't think of a better person to discuss the start into the super election then Elmar Brock, a longtime member of the CDU, the Conservative Party in Germany, and a member of its inner leadership circle. Many know him also as Mr. Europe because of his European parliamentary career of over 39 years, where he was two times chairman of the Foreign Relations Committee and one of the architects of the Lisbon Treaty and its forerunner, the Constitutional Convent. He's still a member of the board of the European People's Party, the Coalition of European Conservative Parties, and he's also a close advisor or has been a close advisor to most of all chancellors of Germany in European matters, and he still advises Angela Merkel. He is a former journalist himself, and in this role he is a well-sought-after commodity for commentators and analysis of political affairs. So, welcome, Elmer. Welcome to see you and to have you at least audio-wise, with us today at our podcast. Let me start with the first uh, question. You, as we did last night, you watched the results and the outcome of this election, which some say was sort of uh, the dawn for the coming elections in September, maybe signaled something to Berlin. We will talk about that later. But what is your take on it? Because the CDU, your party, took big losses in two states which were former strongholds where the party enjoyed over decades, over 40, close to 50 percent, and now is in both states below 30 or even hovering just above 20 percent. How come and what went wrong? Look, there was something wrong that uh, party itself a long time in government and especially in the corona prices is pub, uh, punished. We have uh, two, three scandals from individual members of national parliament, which was not individualized, so it was put on the whole party, and it just came out a few days before the elections. And uh, but uh, thirdly, we see uh, that in these states we were in the past very strong. We were already by the last election not very good. We lost the government in Rhineland Palatine, Helmut Kohl's state uh, 30 years ago, the government, before internal uh, mistakes. And we had the same situation since 10, 12 years in Baden-Württemberg, where it was mostly a fight between uh, two groups of the party, and, uh, when, and that is a special case for that state and the party of that state. When I analyze these elections more than you have to see, and that was also the, the state elections last year already, the incumbent prime ministers won everywhere because they carried the trust of the people. That was a social democrat in Rhineland Palatine. She was re-elected because she is very much trusted in this dangerous time. And the same was with the Green Prime Minister in Baden-Württemberg. But if you see the results of that two parties in the other state, 
then you come to interesting results. In Baden-Württemberg, because of Prime Minister Kretschmer, the Greens got 33%, something like that. But they got in Rhineland-Palatine only 8.5%. The Social Democrats won more or less with the same result in Rhineland-Palatine, but they got in Baden-Württemberg just 11%. The CDU was in both cases, once in 27% and once 24%. Mm. If you look at that in average on a national level, then you come to other results than the most commentators did it today. The Liberals who was uh, singing songs because of the wonderful results. <laughs> the Secretary General is uh, the head of the party in Roland Palatine Tour and minister in that state. He got just 5.4%. And uh, when you count the latest opinion polls together, then only one grouping in Germany has a majority. That is the Christian Democrats with the Greens and the Liberals together. Yeah. Any other uh, grouping has not a majority. The lowest of these groups, and has no chance, is around 40%, is the so-called Red-Red-Green Coalition. Mm. And the strongest is the black, green, yellow uh, coalition and the coalition between green, red and, uh, and yellow has no majority at the moment in the parliament. They are around 44%. So it's very interesting for the upcoming year, but we should not say that the CDU is without a chance. Any grouping that has a chance to set the elections cannot do it without the CDU, even in this moment. That assumes, Mr. Brock, though, that, um, that I mean, the, 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 the support for the CDU could continue to deteriorate. Um, we have the backdrop of the vaccination problems, uh, which is not going very well. Uh, do you, I mean, and, and that makes us think about uh, Mr. Laschet is, and until now I'm in Laschet, is the favourite to be a uh, Chancellor candidate for the elections in September. Do you think these results jeopardise his position? Do you see any other contenders gaining ground on him uh, from the CDU, CSU ranks? For sure, the only one who could do it uh, also is Mr. Markus Söder from the CSU. Yeah. Uh, but he did not become stronger by that. The greatest, uh, big, biggest scandal uh, with these corrupt people came from Bavaria, from his party, uh, Mr. Nusslein. And uh, therefore, I think Mr. Laschet will have difficult days, but I do not believe that he will be punished by that in that way. And he is not so long in power that uh, he was responsible, for example, with this terrible candidate yet in Baden-Württemberg for Prime Minister who has zero chances to win that is the personality question too. Uh, she was uh, also uh, against him as party leader, so her direction lost in that way. Uh, but in any mm. way, it's not, mm. uh, not easy for him, but we have to see, we have elections at the end of September. Until end of September, every germ will be, has get its vaccine. So we are at the right. moment it's stumbling around, but uh, in June, July, August, it will be a situation, better situation where most of the germs will go on holidays. <laughs> and then you have probably in September, after all these disasters, 
a better atmosphere than before. And uh, that, that is the hope, for sure. Yeah, but, the, but, the, but, there's, but there's one factor which won't change, and that's whether Laschet can command the same sort of broad support in Germany as Mrs. Merkel has been able to. Now, it doesn't look at the moment like he has the same broad appeal. Um, do you think he can improve on his position? Because the election results indicate that CDU results won't be as high as Mrs. Merkel has been able to achieve in the last uh, number of elections. What do you think? Mr. Laschet won. Nobody uh, thought he would do so because he had the nerves to carry a strategy through the election in his home state, North Rhine-Westphalia, which is by far the biggest of the 16 states. Uh, in, in Germany. And if you see that his contender is Mr. Scholz, the Minister of Finance, he is already since some time candidate for Chancellor, but his party is still between 15 and 17 percent. Yeah. And so yeah. he has not jumped up until now. And I believe if we, uh, the CDU CSU will have its decision, who will be the candidate, then I think it will be also uh, supporting the opinion polls of the winner candidate. Let's stick to a moment for a moment still with Laschet and the other contenders for chancellorship. I mean, the Greens are talking to put someone up front, either Baerbock or Habeck. Uh, the SPD already has Mr. Scholz. And uh, the CDU has not yet decided together with the CEO who will take the lead. Uh, and uh, the SPD, and that was what Scholz underlined last night, have already a party an election platform. The Greens are going to decide their election platform this week. So the CDU is in a double jeopardy. Uh, they don't have a candidate yet and they don't have a party election platform. So what do you think? I mean, you're a close ally of Laschet. Should he move more aggressively forward now? He should show that he is uniting his party and not to change the speed he wants to do. That I think is his strength not to become nervous in the wrong moment. That is very important in such a campaign. Look, I remember when Gerhard Schröder was elected. The Social Democrats. That's the SPD, uh, the SPD Chancellor. In, in, uh, in, uh, uh, in 98, as he won against Helmut Kohl. He was selected three or four months before the elections, after his uh, state election in Lower Saxony. And uh, therefore, it has, uh, I think, in a crisis, you should never become nervous. And uh, Mr. Laschet is known when he would be in four weeks candidate for chancellor, something like that, then it would be enough. Uh, I, th I cannot remember uh, in history of uh, the Federal Republic of Germany that the date of the election program was decisive for the outcome of the elections. Uh, I think in Britain you do it normally uh, uh, five weeks, four weeks before the elections. And mm. then it has interest. So not become nervous because of such a result. That I think is the best what a candidate can do. Whether it will work at the end of the day, nobody knows. But that is not to change strategy dramatically. Let's switch for a moment to another political element which in the past have irritated a lot of commentators also worldwide watching Germany 
the AFD. We saw them rising over the last couple of years, so to speak, unstoppable, it looked like. But last night, they lost uh, about a third of votes in each of the states, and they are below 10% now. What does that mean? Does it show that the center holds, that the parties like CDU and SPD together still are the most attractive elements? And this is, is this also a sign of the continuing stability of the German system, so to speak? I think so. We are, compared to other countries, in a luxury problem. Uh, I think, <laughs> I think uh, we are in a situation that the main cornerstones of our policy are not in danger. The socially orientated market economy, the relationship to NATO, and the relationship to the European Union. These main points are seen by these parties in a different way, but only in limits differently. In the direction, yeah, it's true. the same. So have in a German situation around 85% pro-European, pro-NATO, pro-socially uh, orientated market economy, I think that it's a very stable factor. And you see that the, the left party, the Communist Party, was not elected of one of these two, two states. The AfD went down in West Germany, Baden-Württemberg was always the stronghold for this AfD. The leader Meuthen comes from Baden-Württemberg. And also the group leader uh, uh, Wedel comes from there. And there they have lost dramatically and they're in both states under 10%. So uh, I've, I, I, I was afraid that because of this corona, uh, corona situation, uh, such a party would win in such a situation. So I'm positively surprised uh, how stable this result is. They had not any advantage out of that. Okay. Uh, Rudiger, you mentioned the two main parties and you mentioned that, you know, the old, I mean, the traditional, uh, uh, um, you know, uh, po uh, popular parties, people's parties, the SPD and the CDU. I don't know whether you meant to leave out the Greens, but but but, but you did. But I wanted to ask you, um, can you tell us a little bit for the people outside who are not so familiar with the German political scene about the two, the two leaders, the joint leaders of the Greens, just very, very briefly where they come from, what they stand for. And then, um, and then Mr. Brock, I mean, I, I wanted to ask you if, as looks likely, we get a black-green, uh, a CDU-CSU-green um, coalition in September. What will be the difficulties? How will those two parties work together? Um, uh, yeah, but anyway, Rudik, if you just tell us yeah. a little bit about the two leaders. Simon, uh, uh, thank you for the question. I, I think both leaders, they have a double leadership. Uh, is Annalena Baerbock, she is from Brandenburg, she is from the East. And then there's Habeck, who was a former agricultural minister in Schleswig-Holstein. Which and is the far north. It's the most northern. far north, very conservative as well. Next, next to Denmark, uh, And they Denmark. have a conservative green coalition there. Uh, and I think that's interesting because uh, it's interesting that they both sort of reflect where they come from. It's a very conservative element to one side, very pragmatic and then also a little bit to the left-leaning element, former GDR. Uh, but um, having said that, they're both in their late 30s, beginning 40s. 
They are young, they are dynamic, they are pragmatic, they are very much attracting sort of the, uh, the constituency of the Greens, which are now a party of modernity, a party of people who are well-educated, cities, very strong in the cities. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And in so far, I think uh, that's why their success hovering above 20 or below 20 percent is, expla is explainable. But here yeah. comes the problem. I mean, Kretschmann has shown, Kretschmann has shown that in Baden-Württemberg, Baden who just yeah. won, yeah. won yeah. on a platform which is trying to unite the ecological green positioning with a very industry and and uh, modern management uh, um, and and uh, economy oriented policies yeah. and that wing is underrepresented in the green uh, yeah. faction in the bundestag on a national level right. so, so that, it so will that, be an interesting question for the greens how they are going to position themselves right. and do the same as kretschmann has showed is the recipe for success. So, so that, thanks, Ludwig. That's a, and that's a great place for you to come in, Mr. Pork. What do you think of green? What do? You, how do you think these? Will there be? What will the tensions be like in a in a, in a CDU green government? Uh, do you expect tensions? For sure, there will be tensions, uh, but there's also a certain feeling of understanding. Uh, we approach uh, environmental policy from different points. Uh, but uh, if you see the, the Greens, if the difference between the Greens from university cities, which are still a little bit left, and the Greens from the countryside. There, uh, the, the CDU and the Greens are much closer together in many questions. Uh, and uh, therefore, the Greens are not anymore a leftist party. They become by step by step a type of modern green bourgeois party. Uh, let's say the safest voters uh, for the Greens are the children and the wives of rich people. <laughs> <laughs> it's really so. If you look... Uh, but hang on, they used to, yeah, but they used to vote CDU, uh, Mr. Brock. Yeah, so that's a the problem. Therefore, we've lost to them. We have right. lost to them, right. but also the Social Democrats. The Social Democrats lose also to AfD, worker, working class people, go partly yeah. uh, to the AfD or partly to us, uh, uh, which means the CDU. And uh, we see that uh, 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 the Greens become more and more bourgeois uh, party, but in their way of European policy, of uh, a way of liberalism, which is not just liberal in an economy, but overall. The, yeah. Lib yeah. the classical liberal party is an economically liberal party, yeah. but yeah. Uh, yeah. not a party of compassion. And uh, here, uh, and that is one of the main reasons why the liberals are uh, not so good in, in, uh, in, in opinion polls at the moment, uh, and therefore, uh, the Liberals, uh, the Greens have the potential for the People's Party, as we discussed before. And, uh, yeah. and here, the Social Democrats are on a way to lose that position because they, have, they lose more more their old classical workers' strongholds. Yeah. But, Simon, but, but, as I, Simon, as I said before, I mean, it, the Greens are the new party of modernity. And they, in so far, they really did bite into the reservoir of the liberals 
who claimed to be that party in the 70s, 80s, and 90s. Yeah. Yeah. There's a shift. There's a big shift has been taken place, yes. I think the area where people expect the most tensions is on foreign policy and on attitudes to Russia and in particular to China, Mr. Brock. What do you think about that? I have the feeling uh, because of discussions with many green politicians on foreign policy that on the ways of Russia and China, the Greens and the Christian Democrats are closer together than the Christian Democrats and the Social Democrats. Right. Could you explain a little bit for our non-German listeners? Look, uh, the Greens are much more pragmatic in that, that case and they have no history with such uh, countries. Because so, the SPD can be quite soft on the Russians, uh, Schröder. Yeah, this is and, uh, Schröder, but it's also the old Socialist Party, the policy of Willy Brandt, uh, yeah. East or yeah, yeah. Ost politic. So they... Yeah, yeah. they believe to continue Willy Brandt's policy, which was popular in yeah. this time of Putin. And uh, this, I think, is uh, the problem uh, which they have. And therefore, uh, I believe that in foreign security policy, much closer also to NATO now. And, uh, and uh, 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 to have uh, actions outside uh, with European, German, NATO troops. Exactly. The Greens more open to that than uh, yeah, the yeah. leadership of the SPD. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I remember Josh Fischer, of course, the first uh, when the Greens were in coalition with the SPD, the first Green Foreign Minister, a uh, very very pro NATO because of action in um, Yugoslavia uh, uh, and on Kosovo. Yeah, yeah. And what about? Um, but 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 if we look at China, the CDU's policy is often accused of being mercantilist. I mean, it puts sort of export sales and sales of Mercedes-Benz and BRV above all other values. Is is that not an area where the, the, the Greens will contest uh, CDU policies? Yes, they will do. And uh, you're totally right that this is the point of tension. Uh, this is a battle you have also within the CDU. Uh, and that uh, the I belong more to that group uh, which has are closer to the Greens in that question than to others, and that might have also a positive impact of our party. This such a government which were much more pro-European, uh, and uh, therefore uh, in foreign policy it's a safeguard for the allies in the European Union and NATO if that would be a, a black-green government. I think Rudiger wants to come in, but if you just allow me, if you just allow me one last question, Rudiger, and then I'll and then I'll hand back to you. Sort of, which which ministries do you think the Green Party would would really be aiming for in a coalition government? We I, I was saying in the past they had the foreign ministry. Would they go for that again, or do you think they would look uh, look for another ministry, a more powerful one, maybe? Uh, for sure, they will go for the minister of uh, consumer protection and environment, perhaps even including agriculture because they have to yeah. serve uh, their founding members and their core group. Uh, but then they will take one of the economic ministries, uh, economics or finance. I do not know right. whether they will take finance. It's the second most powerful job in the government. Yeah. I'm not yeah, so true. sure anymore that they take foreign affairs. I'm not so sure anymore, no. but it's still a possibility to do so because... If they do not do so, then they lose some of their 
uh, arguments for their followers when it comes to human rights on such questions. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Rudiger. Uh, yeah, from domestic policy again to foreign policy and the global picture. Uh, Germany has been looked at very intensely during the reign of Angela Merkel uh, because many of uh, the ones who looked at Germany saw it as an island of stability, well-governed, yeah. yeah. highly respected worldwide. And now this era comes to an end. And it is yeah. an era, like yeah. the Cold War era. Yeah. So the prediction, what is your prediction of fear could we keep that stability, Elmar, I think, which is one of the core elements of, of German belief and our, our self-esteem? Or do we risk sort of disruptional, dysfunctional movements? Could we sort of end with a state which is in danger? No, I think there will be no disruption if we would have such a change of government. It uh, will be a stable situation when we got that. Uh, it will come to the... Because this, the, the Greens are not anymore uh, a leftist party in the sense that they mistrust uh, socially oriented market and economy as such. They have yeah, diff yeah. different priorities, but not yeah. as a system. Uh, I think that's yeah. an important point. And here it's a fight within a system, not because of between two systems. And uh, here's that understanding. And in foreign policy, I see more and more green people where this classical thing, relationship to America, because the Greens say nowadays, you can say about America what you want, but it's still check and balances and the rule of law and democracy. The fight is against Trump has shown it. And that's a different to the regimes in Moscow and Beijing. It's the relationship to yeah. Israel, which is quite important in that uh, context. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, for Europe, uh, we have to fight that we will see uh, stand as European party alone anymore there. And uh, because the Greens are so much Europeans now uh, that... Uh, this will be a good push from my point of good, of my point of view. With that positive outlook, back to you, Simon. Great. Thank you, Rudiger. And thank you very much, Mr. Brock, uh, for this really interesting perspective on the German election results from Sunday and looking hard, uh, ahead to a, a very exciting year in German politics and the run-up to the national elections in September. I'd like to thank all our listeners on the Rupertison uh, broadcast from Brussels to Berlin and look forward uh, to you joining us again soon. Uh, tschüss allerseits. Thank you and so, goodbye and we see you and listen and talk to you again. Thanks. Bye. Bye.